All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. Jake, what's up? How's it going, Matt? Good. Good. Good, Good to hear. Yeah. Well, what are we doing today? Well, this is uh, Sabbath Lounge Presents Torah Portions, and this will be week 53, Ha'azinu. Give an ear. And so if you're listening to this in order, we're coming rapidly to the end of Deuteronomy. That's right. That would be the end of the Torah portions. But you don't have to listen to it in order. But if you do, that's where this one falls. And towards the end of the Torah cycle. Now, some people describe this at the end of the year, but that's not necessarily true because Torah tells us that the beginning of the year is in the spring. That's right. But this is connected to like the civil law of the year or something. So... Uh, and it just kind of stuck. But, right. The way uh, men get their traditions in there and change things around. Yeah. But we believe that since the beginning of Yeshua, these uh, Torah portions have been kind of read in this order. And when he was on the planet, he did not uh, say anything about that order or structure. So I think we can assume that... Um, he was all right with yeah, that. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. So we're joining a great cloud of witnesses. And if you have not read this week's Torah portion, you should probably go do that. And I realize on the screen right now, on the top right, it says week 52, but on the screen it says week 53, uh, but we are officially week 53. Week 53. That's right. So yeah, this is Deuteronomy 32 is where we are, right? That's right. So we'll, uh, this one is really short. This is just one chapter. Uh, last week was a double portion, and uh, but this week's just, just a chapter, and it's a song. Yes, a very good song. A very, uh, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, it gets a little rocky, shall we say, for, yes, for the Israelites? A little rocky. Well, uh, it starts in Deuteronomy 32, and Jake will just take turns, I guess, and yeah, you go first. This is kind of different than we usually do. This time, we're just going to kind of read through it and uh, point out some things. So, Deuteronomy 32. Listen, heaven, and I will speak. Hear, uh, earth, hear the words from my mouth. Let my teachings come down like raindrops. Let my words drip like dew, like gentle rain on grass, like showers on green plants. I will proclaim the name of Yahweh. Give our Elohim the greatness he deserves. He is a rock. What he does is perfect. All his ways are fair. He is a faithful El who does no wrong. He is honorable and reliable. He recognizes that his people are corrupt. To their shame, they are no longer his children. They are devious and scheming. Man, just in that section. Yeah. Well, and something that uh, struck out to me was the mentions of the rock. So um, there are lots of mentions of Elohim being a rock, of Yeshua. uh, And uh, we're going to kind of point those out as we come through them. Yeah, and... uh... Uh, I think interesting here, he's kind of speaking to the witnesses, heaven and earth, right? Yeah. It's kind of, hey, listen to what I'm saying because you're witnesses to what I'm about to say. So this isn't just a song of where we've been. It's a song of kind of where we're going also. Yeah. And you start you start this song and it does seem like it's going to be like a you know, hip hop or rap where he's just like, let my teachings come down like raindrops let my words drip like dew. <laughs> so that's all I could think of when I first read it. I was like, oh, wow. He, he wrote the first rap song. Yeah. So 
we'd like to hear your rendition of this. Yep. So everyone post your own with you singing these, and uh, it'll be great. Yeah. So then he goes into uh, who he wants to witness him doing this, like make sure everyone's got he's got everyone's attention, and then he starts it off with who is Yahweh and and why is he amazing. Mm-hmm kind of describing who he's talking to because that's and that's kind of how yeshua you know presents the pattern for prayer exactly well. yeah that's what i was thinking yeah yeah you don't just go hey what a what a big big g in the sky <laughs> i want some i need this i need this i need that could you do this for me so many people that approach him that way and i've got I my don't, list here I don't think that is uh, reverent in yeah. the way they should. But and I have too. I'm going to say that I've. I don't think I've called him Big Homie G in the sky or anything. <laughs> but um, I've definitely not been as reverent um, to him. I think as I should have. Yeah, and I think um, that goes to when it talks about our prayers being a sacrifice to him. Yeah, and you know, don't bring a blind sacrifice to Yahweh. That means be. Be there in the moment while you're praying and don't get distracted by outward yeah. things. Yeah, think about going to your boss with a request of something you want. You, you don't start off. I mean, there's a certain way you do that. And you don't come in, you know, uh, if you come in the wrong way, then you might not work there anymore. <laughs> you might be like, you know, I've had enough of this. Request denied. Yes. Not only is your request denied, yeah. but see you later. Paycheck Find denied. Find a new place. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, but, but it's funny how we would, you know, not think twice about being very reverent with our boss or someone that we want something from, um, you know, maybe, and I think, especially in our old walk of Christianity, sometimes it was his deity and his uh, reverence. Sometimes I got watered down a little bit and then it was like, he's, he's my homie, you know? Yeah. And yes, yes, but I don't know. It's sometimes still too far. Yeah, it's there's it's uh like you're saying, have some reverence with what what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then right here at the end you'll see he's he's already slamming <laughs> the Israelites. Yeah. They're no quick. longer your children. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. devious and scheming. That uh that tells you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, we'll go on here. So is this how you repay Yahweh, you foolish and silly people? Isn't he, your Ab, the owner who made you and formed you? Remember, a long time ago, think about all the past generations. Ask your fathers to remind you and your leaders to tell you. When Elion gave the nations their land, when he divided the descendants of Adam, he set up borders to the tribes corresponding to the number of the sons of Israel. But Yahweh's people were his property. Jacob was his own possession. He found his people in the desert land in a barren place where animals howl. He guarded them, took care of them, and he protected them because they were helpless. Helpless. Yeah, so it's not anything they did. Yeah. They didn't have, they didn't bring anything to the table. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is also very reminiscent of Job when he has a conversation with God. You know, he's like, who, who are you? Where were you when this happened? Yeah. Who are you to question any of this, sir? So it's kind of that that kind of language at the very beginning. Yeah, and I think this this idea that where it talks about uh, verse nine, but Yahweh's people were his property. 
some people like kind of bristle at that idea like well he's gonna lord it over us it's like uh who are you <laughs> calm down <laughs> i don't know i've, I've heard that uh, kind of attitude towards towards phrasing like that but that second part makes it uh beautiful that you're his special you know or it didn't say special but your own possession yeah it's uh his own possession that idea when you yeah we kind of have a an odd sense of what property is you know it's something to lord over with almost cruelty you know is it kind of the intent and kind of the feel of that that word but uh it and put in its right context property something you love and care about well because he goes on and he talks about he guarded them just yeah. like he asked them to guard something right he asked them to guard the commandments and um and then you know it's interesting that he's you know uses that word here that he guarded them and took care of them yeah like guard your heart all that stuff and they are helpless so. And then he calls them foolish and silly people. Oh, that you know what that made me think of? Galatians. That's what I thought of too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you foolish Galatians. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and the word fool was uh, pretty derogatory. That was harsh. Yeah, it was yeah. a harsh term. And in, in you didn't days. just throw That's... that around. Those are fighting words, probably. Yeah. If somebody called you a fool, it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. It Today, says, like, uh, if you say whoever says thou fool, mm -hmm. right, is. Uh, destined to the pits of hell or something like that right don't want that oh my turn like an eagle that stirs up its nest hovers over its young spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its feathers so yahweh alone led his people no foreign god was with them he made them ride on the heights of the earth and fed them with the produce of the fields he gave them honey from rocks and olive oil from solid rock they ate cheese from cows and drank milk from sheep and goats. He gave them fat from lambs, rams from the stock of Bashan, male goats, and the best wheat. They drank the blood-red wine of grapes. Mm-mm-mm. The precious blood of the grape. I love that olive oil from rock. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, here again, you see the rocks mentioned, you know, honey came from the rocks and olive from solid rock. Yeah. And I think this, uh, let's see, the cheese from cows, I think really he's talking about butter there. So go, go do the word study on that. I think it's actually butter. Uh, yeah. And this translation right here, it says butter of kine yeah. and milk of sheep. Yeah. That's how I remember it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's close, but not quite, but it was butter, yeah. Well, cheese is just uh, hardened butter, right? <laughs> it's like a... Yeah. Very similar mm -hmm. to butter. Yeah. All right. Jesserun got fat and disrespectful. You got fat. You were stuffed. You were gorged. They abandoned the Elohim who made them and treated the rock of their salvation like a fool. They made him furious because they worshiped foreign gods and angered him because they worshiped worthless idols. They sacrificed to demons that are not Elohim, to gods that they never heard of. These were new gods who came from nearby, gods your ancestors never worshiped. You ignored the rock who fathered you and forgot the El who gave you life. 
Yahweh saw this and rejected them because his own sons and daughters had made him angry. He said, I will turn away from them and find out what will happen to them. They are devious people, children who can't be trusted. <laughs> it makes me think of a, uh, a VeggieTales song, the you, children who can't be trusted. I won't sing it, but um, that put that in the comments if you know which song that is from VeggieTales. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so you've underlined rock here a couple times. Yeah, the rock of their salvation, you know. So in um, in different translations, that may read the rock of their Yeshua. Yeah. Um, that's a very a real possibility. The word salvation uh, rendered as Yeshua and the rock that fathered them. And then, you know, the part I kept thinking about was where Paul talks about Yeshua was the rock that followed them in the desert. Yeah. So every time I see the word rock in this passage, I think he's very likely referring to Yeshua. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I think uh, interesting too here is uh, uh, it has this idea they're worshiping foreign gods, worshiped idols. Um, sacrificing to demons and uh, gods they never heard of. That whole section there is interesting because, you know, you see that pattern go on and on. You know, the, um, they, they sacrifice to Moloch mm -hmm. for a great harvest. And when it's not working out, uh, you know, they go, oh, well, we'll sacrifice to Baal, you know, and then <laughs> maybe he'll give us a great harvest. But they... They just keep pushing it to the next idol, the next idol. Um, and then down here he says in verse 20, I'll turn away from them and find out what will happen to them. To me, that sounds like Romans 1, how he's giving them over to a depraved mind. Mm, yeah, for sure. And this passage um, about the idols also reminds me of Paul when he goes to the, was it the, place of the unknown god yeah it's actually kind of similar language to to what you see there i think that's interesting and then i also think it's interesting that this time of year when we do this torah portion they have a certain you know they have burning man out in uh, the desert yeah and uh, which is i think this year it's, this. it's flooding man this year yes, it's flooding man <laughs> for this year but but, you know, it, it, it is basically, you know, they're totally not even trying to hide. But, you know, they light these effigies on fire and they're worshiping other gods. And if you don't see that, then your eyes are not open. Yeah. So, and, and ho does <laughs> hopefully you're not one of the ones going there. If you are, hopefully you don't do that again. That's not going to be a good thing. Well, word on the street, you have to be pretty wealthy to make, even make it there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh no. Yeah, uh, they give some passes to the poor, so that's nice. Of no, them. that's nice. Of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's bad news. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's almost like you see that lived out, where people are worshiping these other gods and uh, building fires, and it definitely makes him angry. Not good. I think he hateth it. Yes, he does not like it. Oh, uh, they made him furious because they worshipped foreign gods and angered him because they worshipped worthless idols. So I will use those who are not my people to make them jealous. 
and a nation of godless fools to make them angry. My anger has started a fire that will burn to the depths of hell. It will consume the earth and its crops and set the foundations of the mountains on fire. I will bring one disaster after another on them. I will use up all my arrows on them. They will be starved by famines and ravaged by pestilence and deadly epidemics. I will send vicious animals against them along with poisonous animals that crawl on the ground. Foreign wars will kill off their children, and even at home there will be horrors. Young men and young women alike will die, as well as nursing babies and gray-haired men. I said that I would cut them in pieces and erase everyone's memory of them. I think Yah has, like, the best smack talk. Yeah. Like, he really knows how to <laughs> drill it in. That's why, you know, that's why we chose this background image, you know, because at first I'm like, I don't know, this is a little crazy. But the words here are pretty strong. and It uh, does seem like... He's Lyrics you'd find it. in a rock, a rock yes. song. Yes, it's not your uh, happy peppy kind of thing here. This is a tough, tough thing he's throwing down, and he he's dropping the mic here, you know, for sure, walking away. Yeah, at first I thought he was talking about Texas you know, with all this uh, uh, deadly epidemics yes. and vicious animals and poisonous animals that crawl on the Famines. ground. <laughs> I know droughts are in here somewhere. The burning earth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on this one, yeah, the, um, the end of that, I cut them into pieces and erase them. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's pretty graphic. Yeah, she's not not messing around. Yeah, and then this up here at the top. So I will use those who are not my people to make them jealous, and a nation of godless fools to make them angry. This is verse twenty-one. So that's Romans eleven. Right. So he's talking about the I cut off the natural branch because they made him furious and worshiped other gods and angered him. And so he cut them off and grafted in those people who were not his people. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he says, you know, I can do just the same to you. So don't get a big head about it. It's not because of you. It's all it's about him, not us. Mm -hmm. So so and who started the fire? Yahweh started the fire. Very good. Right on cue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, That's what so he there's says. that. But you can see how, why Romans is like, you know, Paul is writing like the epitome of a, a throwdown to people yep. with Romans. You know, it's, it's like one of the, the greatest letters to people to, <laughs> to get the message across. And they're writing about the same kind of stuff, you know, about the rebellious people who were doing bad things that were doing all the wrong things. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Anything else there? Mm, Nope. All right. Oh, no. Then our snake. Our slide got all slid um, off. In the way here, so... Uh, it goes on in 27, where it says, mm, are we going to have to, I guess I can just read, except uh, I've got it on a different version here, 27 through 33. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries would behave themselves strangely, unless they should say, our hand is high. And Yahweh hath done all this. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. 
oh, that they were wise, that they understood that this would consider their latter end. And then I'll switch back over to the screen. How could one person chase a thousand or two people make 10,000 flee? Their rock used these people to defeat them, and Yahweh gave them no help. Their rock isn't like our rock. Even our enemies will agree with this. Their grapevines come from the vineyards of Sodom, from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are poisonous, and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is snake venom, the deadly poison of cobras. That doesn't sound good. No. No, Those and probably I've, aren't even tasty grapes. And I've seen the video of the guy kissing the back of the cobra. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Don't do that at all. That's home. bad news. So. so it brings up uh, the rock again here a couple times. So yeah. you see it's that rock, rock makes an appearance several times, and it's a pretty important part of their journey through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. It was uh, used to defeat people. And that's interesting saying that the other people have a rock too. And it's not like our rock. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so that one is referring to two rocks there, but, and then the whole grape grape vines of in the fields being like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, that's you don't that, want to be that can never be that. good. Yeah. yeah, never good. And then uh, thirty four. All right, isn't this what I've stored under lock and key in my storehouses? I will take revenge and be satisfied in due time. Their foot will slip because their day of disaster is near. Their doom is coming quickly. Yahweh will judge his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their strength is gone and that no one is left, neither slaves nor free people. Then he will ask, where are their gods? Where is this rock they took refuge in? Where are the gods who ate the fat from their sacrifices and drank the wine from their wine offerings? Let them come to help you. Let them be your refuge. See, I am the only Elohim. There are no others. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. And no one can rescue you from my power. Wow, man. Just laying it down. And then you see the rock there, uh, the rock that they took refuge in in 37. And then, you know, he is slamming uh, hard there when he says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, um, sometimes we forget that it's him that wounds and heals, you know. Um, And I think additionally, sometimes we forget. This is talking about people in the house. Yeah. You know, Um, that's that's his concern is the bride and getting a spotless bride. So and then you see here um, where he's using this to make them realize the error of their ways. That's the whole point of it, of the judgment is so that you'll see how wrong you were and how right he was. Yeah. Yeah. For their benefit. Yeah. And then verse 40, I raise my hand toward heaven and solemnly swear as surely as I live forever. 
I will sharpen my flashing sword and take justice into my own hands. Then I will take refuge in my own enemies and pay back those who hate me. My arrows will drip with blood from those who were killed and taken captive. My sword will cut off the heads of the enemy who vowed to fight. Joyfully sing to Yahweh's people, your nation, because he will take revenge for the death of his servants. He will get even for his enemies and make peace for his people's land. Jake, he kind of sounds uh, like he's not messing around. Kind of sounds like, you know, what we'll see in Revelation. Later. Yeah, the the sharpening of the flashing sword um, takes takes you back to uh, his word uh, is a double edged sword. Yeah, and Yeshua returning with the sword coming out of his mouth. Uh huh. No, and he's going to pay back his enemies. So you don't want to be on that side of things for sure. Yeah, and he comes to rescue his people and to take revenge of his servants. And you think about all the, the martyrs and the faith and the, especially, you know, all the, the early apostles and how every one of them suffered a terrible, horrible death. Right. And those are the people he's coming back to avenge. Yeah. So he's taken a, he's, he's showing you the sheep and the goats here. It's, it's all people that it seems like are, are thinking they're, they're on the inn, you mm. know, they, they got the inn and yet they're out worshiping idols and, and giving false sacrifices and things like that. And then he puts the kibosh on it and rescues his actual servants from that mm. mess. Yeah. And he separates those sheep and goats. Well, and the further the song goes, the, you know, the closer you, I think you get to revelation and some of the imagery and some of the things he's talking about. So, yeah. It kind of crosses, um, you know, the lines between what he was talking about then and that moment for those people, plus the near future and the far future. Yeah, kind of like we mentioned at the beginning, it's a, you know, pointing back so they remember where they're coming from and who Yah is, uh, and then pointing ahead also to stuff that they specifically won't see, but... You know, their later generations will, and then even our later generations will. Yeah. Moses came with Hosea, son of Nun. So this is Yahshua, right? Mm -hmm. And recited all the words of this song as the people listened. When Moses had finished reciting all these words to Israel, he said to them, Pay attention to all these warnings I've given you today. Then you will command your children to faithfully obey every word of these teachings. Don't think these words are idle talk. They are your life. By these words, you will be able to live for a long time in the land that you are going to take possession of when you cross the Jordan River. That same day, Yahweh said to Moses, Go into the Abiram Mountains, to Mount Nebo in Moab, across from Jericho. Take a look at the land of Canaan that I'm giving the Israelites as their own property. On this mountain where you're going, you will die and join your ancestors in death, as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor. This is because both of you were unfaithful to me at the oasis of Meribah at Kadesh in the desert of Zin. You didn't show the Israelites how holy I am. You may see the land from a distance, but you may not enter the land I'm giving the Israelites. Yeah. So here he is. He throws this powerful message down and you're like, yeah, go Moses. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Moses. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to Mount Nebo and die. Yeah the end yeah so there there's more paul in this 
where Paul talks about um, uh, those who uh, do the word and aren't hearers only, right? Yeah. Uh, those who uh, do the word will live in them, right? Mm -hmm. Do the commands will live in them. Mm -hmm. um, and then he goes on to say, but none have kept it. Um, so you're all, we're all in this scenario where these curses he's kind of talking about are meant for us until we see the rock and it, it's, it's actual purpose. And, and, you know, if it becomes a stumbling block, you're on the wrong side of that. But, you know, if you, uh, if you accept Yeshua as the rock, then then there's, you know, uh, relief from that. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, and I've heard uh, it said also, you know, you, Moses can get you to the promised land, but it takes Yahshua to get you in the into the promised land. Mm -hmm. So it, Moses kind of shows you what the promised land is, is like, you know. So it's, it's you can't, you can't earn your way in. You still need that Yahshua to get you in. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Then we have a couple more things here. And so <laughs> this is, Jake, tell us a little bit about this. I think we can do like three seconds of it. Okay. Well, you're not going to hear much in three seconds, but um, this is, go ahead and click up here if you can, maybe. Beautiful. Anyway, so this is a song series that we found early on. Um, it's called Zion Christian Press. And I don't know exactly what all they do, but they do have a couple sets of songs that they do. And one of them is the Song of Moses here, set to music, of course. And it's awesome. And I like listening to it. But it has it's broken up into five different parts. And uh, so I would encourage you to go listen to it. And it's I think they use New King James as their what they're singing mm -hmm. from, but um, uh, but yeah, it's real good. And then they do another one that's Psalm one nineteen, and it has like all the Psalms broken down into seg segments. So that's a good one to listen to, also. But for this Torah portion, Deuteronomy thirty two, Song of Moses, set to music, and this is a good place to go and just listen out, man. And this is also a good one to go to. This is a good section to read and a good song to play on uh, Day of Atonement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talking about judgment and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're stuck. Oh, yeah. There you go. And then this all made us think of Revelation 15. So, Jake, tell us about Revelation 15 here. So, we'll just read it, right? Yeah. All right, I saw another sign in heaven. It was spectacular and amazing. There were seven angels with the last seven plagues, which are the final expression of Elohim's anger. Then I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire. Those who had won the victory over the beast, its statue and the number of its name were standing on the glassy sea. They were holding Elohim's, Elohim's harps and singing the song of Elohim's servant Moses and the song of the Lamb. They sang... The things you do are spectacular and amazing. Yahweh, Elohim Almighty, the way you do them is fair and true, King of the nations. Yahweh, who won't fear and praise your name, you are the only Holy One. And all the nations will come to worship you because they know about your fair judgments. 
This sounds, uh, both of these songs remind me a lot of worship music I've heard uh, growing up. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> no, no. So that's something interesting. I just was thinking as you were reading that, uh, very different mm-hmm. than church worship music for the most part. Yeah. So. Yeah, so interesting here. Kind of like I was just talking about at the end of Deuteronomy with, you know, you need Moshe and Yahshua. So that's evidenced here too you got the song of moses and the song of the lamb and they're both happening and this is for those who had won victory over the beast Mm -hmm. definitely kind of uh, connected to what we saw with moses too because there's definitely uh, a a victory to be had in the moses right and then i think there's just a couple more verses after these things I looked and I saw that the temple of the tent containing the words of God's promise were in heaven. The seven angels and the seven plagues came out of the temple wearing clean, shiny linen with gold belts around their waist. One of the four living creatures gave seven bowls full of the anger of God, who lives forever and ever to the seven angels. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of Yahuwah and his power. No one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels came to an end. Uh, then well, maybe looks I like we got some. So. I think that's it, and then uh, the rest of that is from Song of Moses. Oh yes, <laughs> it is. It's kind of blended in there. So yeah. yeah. And then tell us about this. So this is a song from James Block, and it has. Um, it's just he he's pointing out that that condition of both the song of Moses and the song of the lamb. And he's just kind of singing through what this revelation 15 means. The song of Moses, the song of the ones. He's talking about both songs there. And because obviously he's singing through revelation 15. So yeah, we're you know this is a pretty common interpretation, seeing that those things are connected. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to James Block music, fantastic to listen to. Go check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, Jake, I think we're coming here to the end. Uh, anything else? Um, I don't think so. Just uh, go read it and sing it to yourself and to all who will listen. Yes, sing it to yourself when you're in the car. Yeah. Who cares what they think? <laughs> so, and then if you will, leave us a comment, a like. Uh, please share this with someone. And remember, we do have Torah portions on our website. If you need it for your group or your Bible study, home study, home fellowship, free resource to help you follow the Torah portions on your own. And like always, if you haven't read the Torah portion, you should go read it. That's right. Well, this is Matt. And Jake. Signing out.